everyone and welcome to Fantasy Football Wives episode 15. I'm Anya, lifelong Spurs fan, married to an Arsenal fan. And I'm Sarah, a City fan, married to a United fan. And I'm also a very, very tired co-host today. Sorry, Anya. As I think due to teething babies, I've had about six hours sleep in two days. Oh, I really, really feel for you, but I'm sure you're going to do a great job this episode. Well, we sadly want to start the episode paying our respects to the Leicester City owner who tragically lost his life on Saturday after his helicopter crash just after the match. He was much loved by the players. There have been some beautiful tributes coming from the team, the fans and the city itself. Uh, Mares poignantly celebrated his goal for City on Monday evening, looking up into the sky. He had donated millions to local institutions and will be remembered as the man who helped put Leicester back on the map and, of course, their incredible win of the Premier League in 2016. He really stood out as an owner amongst other Premier League teams, didn't he? He really showed what an involved owner can do. Like, What are your thoughts around this? I was really, really touched by um, how much this affected the players and you really did get a sense that the players had a really personal relationship with him and it just showed you don't see that relationship play out usually and you could think of the owner you know sat in his office um, hundreds of miles away Um, but the fact he was there every game he could and obviously had this relationship with the with the players he's going to be sorely missed. Mm, It will be a very poignant match this Saturday they've said they're going to go ahead and and they'll be playing Cardiff on Saturday so it'll be very very emotional yeah I it could rock you know Leicester potentially for the rest of the season it's a horrific incident Mm. other sad news we'd also like to wish Glenn Hoddle a speedy recovery um I don't know if you read about it but when he collapsed in the BT Sports studio um it was the BT Sports sound man who was able to jump to um, jump to action and help him out with uh, his knowledge of CPR and um, how to use a defibrillator. And if he hadn't done that, who knows what would have happened. But the news reports say he's recovering well, so we wish him all the best. Well, for the rest of the episode, we'll, of course, be covering uh, Good Week, Bad Week, our fancy football team. And we have a guest this week. We will be speaking to Axel Robert. Uh, he's French, but he's currently living in Finland. And he actually just made it into the top 10 of our league. So we'll be talking to him about what tips he has for fantasy football. He's taken my place. <laughs> <laughs> he has. But before we get into all of that, it's good week, bad week. God, I felt a bit emotional talking about. I keep getting really emotional about it. Swelling oh. up as well. Oh, yeah, it's sad. Welcome back, everyone, to Good Week, Bad Week. So, first up in this week's Good Week is Everton and England's Jordan Pickford. He only had one clean sheet and then, bam, two game week, scoring double digits thanks to penalty saves, giving him three bonus points each time. So, happy days for the owners of Jordan Pickford. Yeah, he's had had two great game weeks after, like, seven not-so-good ones. So, good to see him back in Good Week. Uh, He was last in there uh, when we did the coverage over the World Cup. So next good week is for uh, three mid-priced midfielders who have performed very well over the last two game weeks. I'm talking about Chelsea's Barkley, Watford's Perea and Bournemouth's Fraser. They're all under 6.5 million and they've delivered 
really high points over the last two game weeks. They're definitely ones to watch or get in your team. I'm considering it, actually. I'm considering Barkley. Um, we'll talk about it, I guess, later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I might jump on that bandwagon. I might be joining you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good week for Fulham's Djokanovic. <laughs> he survived another loss and he's still in his job. So good week for him. <laughs> um, I think it could potentially boil down to this weekend's match against Huddersfield. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, Huddersfield are the only other club where I think the manager is due to go to. And if the, if Fulham don't beat Huddersfield, then I, I think he's going to get the job. Uh, Mitch Rich has been a bit quiet, but I'm going to keep him in for this weekend because I think that they've got to win it. <laughs> he's got to win it to get his job. No, he's out of my team, I think, Mitrovic. I can visualise a really good Sky promo of, you know, two managers fighting for their jobs um, this weekend. So, so let's see. It seems that everything's quieted down on Mourinho. Yeah, it did. But actually, speaking of Man U, uh, and they are in bad week, but for a slightly different reason, I think the ref got the penalty call wrong uh against their match on uh, against Everton and I and I definitely think it's another reason to bring in VAR because initially they said that uh I can't remember I can't pronounce the guy's name Gruyere from Everton had brought him down without touching the ball but it didn't once you looked at it it wasn't the case at all he had touched the ball and Martial had dived yeah, no, it was completely wrong. And I, I think I'm becoming more and more support of having VR at games. However, that moment did generate the funniest tweets. I don't know if you saw them, but there was a hashtag on Saturday. Um, yeah. Things that you could do while Pogba took his penalty. And I was laughing. I retweeted some of them. My favourite ones were go <laughs> go and get Mar- go and find Maris's ball from his penalty um, the week before. Um Zip up Benger's coat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the best one was that it was a video that someone had placed within the video of Pogba taking the penalty of Usain Bolt winning the 100 (laughs) metres. Well, I also really liked, and it goes on to our next good point, it said, build White Hart Lane. Yeah, that's very true. Very (laughs) true. So, yeah, let's talk about that. So I was at the um, City Spurs game on Monday which was very cold it started off looking like a great game and um Mara scored after five minutes but then it just kind of lost its momentum but the big talking point um with everyone was the state of the pitch um mm-hmm. my dad was very worried about this beforehand and um he tweeted he no sorry he texted me and then I did tweet it that it reminded him of the 1970 cup final man city versus west brom when the match followed the horse of the year show but it was it was a disgrace it was so bad groundkeeper must be crying himself to sleep every night but it wasn't meant to be this way this is the thing you know spurs were meant to have completed their stadium at the end of last season and a double whammy on this was spurs its new stadium was meant to host one of the um nfl games right this is because Spurs haven't finished their stadium. This all came about two days after uh, Levy had, had written an email, because I'm a season ticket holder, of, we're very sorry, it looks like we won't be in there till 2019. And oh, by the way, we've borrowed £237 million. Mm. Another £237 million 
in bank loans to cover the rest of the stadium. And so it's really kind of caused a, a huge issue, I think, not just for the fans and players, but Pochettino, because he is just in limbo. And he's in limbo uh, under austerity because he hasn't been given any cash really to kind of help grow his team. He's done a fantastic job of growing Spurs players and, and you know, and bringing them to the Premier League, um, a bit like Wenger did. But he's, he hasn't been given the freedom and the, and the finances to be able to really grow the team and kind of and, and, and get them to a place where they can be winning trophies. And it's, it is causing so many issues, I think, for them because they're just, they're, they're already were so tired after the World Cup. And we do mention it a lot, but it is true. And now they just don't have a home to play in and they just don't know when they're going to be there. And they, they look like a team that's playing lower down in the leagues rather than in the top four of the Premier League. Yeah. Also, the atmosphere was terrible on Monday. It was so flat. But I guess that's what can be expected when you're trying to fill a stadium the size of Wembley um, just for your home games. Uh, it was very strange. There were people sat on the third tier of Wembley, but spread out rather than like in one section. I don't know if people like sitting in the nosebleeds for fun. Uh, they didn't really need to be there. But yeah, the atmosphere was flat. It must be impacting the team and the team morale. Um, and it's probably cost you any chance of trophies this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've still got Carabao Cup. We play West Ham tonight, so maybe. Now that I've said that, we'll probably lose. You know what? They should have moved. They should just start moving the games in other places. Uh, they should have moved that Monday night game because that pitch was so atrocious that um, I do actually think it saved uh, the win for City because before Lamala missed his shot, the ball bounced. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's really bad. The pitch was an extra uh, defender for us then. But, you know, there were issues both sides. But um, my dad did text Rick going, oh, I think the pitch saved us then. <laughs> so... I, I, I did think a draw would be fairer, but, you know. No, no I think the right team won. But uh, mm. anyway, on to our fancy football chat. So welcome back to our fancy football podcast. And uh, with one game week, the tables have turned and I have closed the gap. It's now 7-4 to Sarah. And now we're only... 51 points between us. In fact, I'd like to point out I had the second highest score in our league with 88 points and I'm now ahead of my brother, so I had a great week. Sarah, you had a bit of a nightmare. You weren't even anywhere close to average points. What happened? I had the worst week ever. What happened? It was a tale of disasters. Um, First thing that happened, Liverpool conceded. Thank you. Uh, second thing that happened, Hazard didn't play. He was my captain. Thanks for that also. Third thing that happened, Aguero blanked. He was my vice. Mitrovic, one point. De Bruyne, one point. It's just ridiculous. The only two players that got me more than one or two points were Mendy, uh, as they kept a clean sheet, and Wilson. Disaster. Wilson got you 13 points, so he yeah. doubled the points that Mendy 
but your heart had to lead with your Man City defender. <laughs> well, I think that was more, it almost didn't happen as well. Now, I'd just like to point out that in the previous episode, I said that Hazard probably wasn't going to play and that you should be bringing in another midfielder. And you have mm. also mocked Mane a bit and got rid of him slightly too early, in my opinion, and got 15 points at the weekend. Oh, absolutely. That is the biggest error I've made in the last two weeks is I took out Mane for De Bruyne. So I got two points from De Bruyne <laughs> over the last two game weeks. And Mane, I would have got, what, 15? And I can't remember what he got the week before. But so We didn't get anything yeah. the week before because we didn't play. But um, I did say, because people were like, oh, he hasn't done much. And I said, wait until he's played Huddersfield and Hot Fulham and then make a decision. Do you want me to tell you you're right, Anna? Well, I have to say, those 15 points got me 13. My good friend Fraser, who I've had since game week one, got me 11 points. And the other person that I told everyone to keep when they were like complaining I hadn't done anything was Alonso, who, who got a clean sheet and, a, and an assist uh, when they beat Burnley 4 0. So I had a really, really, really good game. Uh, although Mitrovic, my two other strikers didn't really do anything. Um, so I am now debating what I should do for this coming game week because it's it's a bit tricky one because Arsenal and Liverpool play each other. That's definitely the most difficult game of the weekend. Uh, and we've I've got a couple of players from those teams. What about you? Well, I have two transfers to make and my question is around what do I do with Aguero? Mm. Ooh, which is a, uh, it's a heart versus head. Um, but he's not playing 90 minutes. Mm. And also his away average points are 2.4. Mm. Home it's something, I can't remember, it's seven and a half or nine and a half or something like that. But home it's 2.4. Um, and I'm just not sure I can have him sitting there with all that money and not really performing. So I'm wondering, one, what am I going to do with Aguero? And then my second um, trouble is my midfield. So I'm wondering if I do jump on the Barkley train. Mm. But so, I am concerned it might have been a bit of a fluke. No, so he, Barkley's done well the last two game weeks. And I just saw Hazard isn't going to play tonight's Carabao Cup. So I don't know if he's going to be available to play against Southampton. We actually have a Twitter question from at Momo FDL. Who's the better option, Barkley or Goodmanson? I mean, it's Barkley, without a doubt. He's really come into his own in the last few matches. Hazard's now, you know, doubtful again. He's definitely not playing tonight in the Carabao match against Derby. And so Barkley's really turned into their star midfielder. He's only 24. He's back in the England squad. He's full of confidence. And he's a real bargain. He only costs 5.8 million. I think it's a no-brainer. Chelsea plays Southampton and Everton next, and then you've got an international break. So I think if you're going to bring him in, you bring him in now for the next two game weeks, and then you decide what you want to do about Hazard after that. Do you think Hazard's going to play this weekend? Doubtful. Oh, so what do I do? Do I keep him on my team? Well, to also answer your Aguero question, at Grid Harasag asked the same thing, you know, do we need him because there are other people around him doing well and getting bonus points Aguero time is limited. I think you should offload Aguero and Hazard just for the next two game weeks. Yeah, I might offload Hazard and Madison, but keep Aguero. That's your heart speaking there. 
I just don't know. I always get the I, a new fancy to it. I get Aguero fear <laughs> that the moment I upload him, he will score four. <laughs> I don't think he's score four. Look, he's still the best striker, I think, in, in the Premier League. But you've got other forwards that cost less money that are doing similar. Like you've got one of them, which is Callum Wilson. Um, you know, another one is Obama Yang, who, okay, they play Liverpool this weekend, but he's been performing week in, week out as well. But Aguero is at home this weekend and his home average points is quite high. Yeah. Against Southampton as well. So it might be worth keeping him another week. I think it has to be pretty ballsy to take Hazard and Aguero out in one week, especially if Liverpool play in Arsenal. Mitrovic, though, on the other hand, he might have to go. Maybe it's Mitrovic and Hazard out for me this week. How much is Aubameyang? <laughs> Aubameyang, I think he's round eight, nine. Maybe. Oh, that's it. Maybe. That's what I'm going to do. Hazard and Mitrovic out, Aubameyang <laughs> in, and um, Ollie Barkley in. There we go. 10.9. Um, I, okay, I think it's risky to take Mitrovic out. Oh, are you going to keep him in? Definitely. Okay. All right. So um, we've got one other question as well from Twitter. Uh, I'm thinking of playing 4-5-1 formation without a premier striker, but five premier midfielders. Do you think that could work? He wants to play Arnautovic as striker and then in midfield, Salah, Sterling, Mane, KDB and Hazard. So I think... You know, Arnautovic still, I mean, he's a world-class player. He still hasn't really unlocked his potential yet. They play, West Ham play Burnley and Huddersfield next. So if he can't do it against those two teams, then he needs to go. But if you're going to play them, for, if you're going to play him for any two teams, it's those two teams. That could also be an option for you, Sarah, if you're looking to replace um, Mitrovic. In terms of your midfield, like I still really rate David Silver, he's created the most chances for any Premier League player so far. Um, Barkley is now a good option to replace Hazard, and you've also got Sigurdsson, who is playing Brighton, and then you've got Watford's Pereiros now had two good matches, and they go on to play Newcastle and Southampton next. So, given that we talked in good week about mid-price midfielders, I'm not sure you need to be spending all the big bucks on the midfielders. I think actually the big money needs to be going more into defence. Alonso is what, seven million now? He's the second hot most uh he's the second player with the most amount of points. I, I think he's an absolute obligatory player to have in your team. Good insight. That's really helpful, Anya. Let's see what happens this week. I mean I dropped from fifth in our league down to fifteenth. Um but I'm still in the top three hundred thousand of the world and that's about a million places ahead of you. But what about the rest of our league? There was actually quite a lot of movement this week. And so the Tinkerman is now um, in the lead, um, who has 655 points. But our manager of the week had a great effort with his team, Peekaboo, um, it's Andrew Jones, who got a total of 96 points. His points came from Salah as captain, Wilson and why do I have to keep saying his name? I can't say it. Aubameyang up front and Alonso and Edison giving him good defensive points. So well done, Andrew. And well done, Anya. Oh, hope we get back to me winning next week. <laughs> well, it depends if you follow my tips or not. <laughs> 
Well, we, we're going to be speaking to somebody else uh, in a second who did really well, although he only got one point less than me, but uh, we're going to be talking to Axel Wroblowski. So welcome back to our final part of the episode. We're speaking to Axel Wroblowski, who is a French fantasy football fan living in Finland. How about that for alliteration? Uh, bienvenue, Axel. How are you? Thank you, Anya. Um, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, although the weather is a bit, you know, cold and rainy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. But you had a great fantasy football weekend, uh, didn't you? You got seven points, we saw. I mean, I guess it's not as good as yours, right? Because I think you were one point of uh, versus me. Tell us, how did you get into, you're a French guy living in Finland, how did you get into fantasy football? Well, this is uh, where the story gets a bit weirder, because it's because of a Bulgarian guy. Um, <laughs> when I moved to Geneva, uh, one of my first good friends, uh, called Ivan, uh, had spent his um, university days in Manchester, got hooked on football, and, uh, you know, he, he used to be seriously addicted he play. He watched maybe like five, six games a week uh, wow. over the weekend, so it was really intense. And um, at some point, uh, he was tired of me uh, showing up and just falling asleep in front of the games. So uh, he got me into uh, fantasy, which uh, I started and uh, ended up enjoying. Which I think was a little bit down to the fact that I was single at the time, because uh, <laughs> afterwards it probably wouldn't have worked out. And Anya said that you've um, finished very high in fantasy seasons. Uh, yeah, I think my I mean, my first season was honorable. Um, second one was my probably my best so far. Uh, after that, Anya um, really targeted me because I beat her by one point. Uh, so she, she was really <laughs> angry. And last season, I um, I started pretty well, but I spent two months backpacking uh, across Central Asia and Trans Siberia, so that that sort of impacted my score, and that's that's my excuse for losing to both Anya and her husband last last year. <laughs> Did you manage to update your team while you were backpacking? Uh, yeah, sort of, but you know, I didn't um, spend too much time thinking about it. Where's the most random place you've stopped to update your team? Oh, uh, oh it, it's either um, linked to a 3G modem in the middle of Mongolia, or <laughs> it's on a caravan stop in the desert of Uzbekistan. That's wow. amazing. <laughs> That's commitment for you. Yeah, that is. So you are a loose Arsenal fan, i.e. If you have to choose, yeah, yeah, no. If I have to choose in um, the Premier League, it's it's eyes down Arsenal, but I'm not extremely committed emotionally. Um, Probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's been a bit of a frustrating team uh, down the years, um, but also quite enjoyable and, and with a with a quite strong French link and history, so. Uh, still, still the team I like to identify. Even though Wenger's gone. Yeah, yeah, of course. Even though Wenger's gone, I think the, um, I think the transition right now is working pretty well. They still have uh, a strong French accent, let's say. 
and actually the the way they're playing at the moment is quite strong so looking forward to see uh what the season uh shows that said i'm looking at your team axel and you don't have any arsenal players on it when we talk about uh don't don't play with your heart uh that's something i've learned the hard way um (laughs) and i i tend to avoid um arsenal players just because I do like them. I do think that they should do better than they do. And I don't like the double penalty of not only they not get me points, but uh, they lose. And then, you know, you, you're, you're like, you get twice the pain for your, your favorite team not performing. So it's, it's just not fair on someone's heart. Oh, that's how I feel about Aguero right now. And I don't think it's fair on my health. <laughs> As a Frenchman, I'd love to hear your opinion on Pogba and where he is in his career oh well I think uh, Paul has amazing talent and his mindset has been on and off but I thought at the World Cup he was impeccable Um, coming back to Manu seems to have been a bit of a tough transition somehow from a place where he was a, a clear leader and had an excellent relationship with the coach coming back to Manu where it, well, it didn't seem as seamless. Um, it was, it's a bit tricky, but his talent is still there. And when you look at, um, I was rewatching some of the replays of the of the weekend. When you look at, you know, a number of the amazing long passes he throws on the sides to uh, Marshall or Rashford. When you look at, well, you can say he missed his penalty, but he was so composed when it fell down back to him. It was so relaxed, not no tension at all. So I, I feel he's playing his football. Is just is benefiting from the fact that he is playing a bit higher up the field. Like he was more played as a CDM by Mourinho last year and maybe early in the year. But now that he's he gets a lot more to do offensively, he's having more fun. So he's good. He's just he's not he's not a striker. He's not uh, going to be the guy who rushes up the field and, and shoots all the time. He used to take a lot more long shots than he does now. So fantasy wise. Not one of my favorite picks, just because um, I don't think he's he scores that much or he, he does that many assists. But as a manager, I think he's a he's an amazing player to have in the team. You've got two Bournemouth players on your team, and uh, they're playing Man U this weekend. What are you going to do with them? At the moment, I am uh, benching Wilson as my first sub, and I'm keeping Fraser. I may do the opposite. I need to to keep thinking on it. I, I will definitely play one, just because I don't. I also have one Bissaka who's playing Chelsea, so he's definitely being benched. And I have Doherty uh, from Wolves who's playing Tottenham, uh, who I'm also benching. So it, then it's um, yeah, one of the two Bournemouth players will also will also be benched. I need to figure out which one. Um, and you've got Hazard. Are you going to keep him or are you going to sell him for Barkley? Hazard performed. You know, has been in very good form. So, and if if he gets uh, fit again this week or next, I will. I'd rather have him on my team. So I don't really want to waste a transfer just yet, especially mm-hmm. because I don't have two free transfers. Um, and if I had to swap Hazard, I would like to do it with a, a double free transfer to uh, be able to benefit the best from the um, from the money he's worth. Mm-hmm. So, so right now, right now I'm keeping him. He's on my uh, on my team sheet. Uh, not on the bench because um, he is. I think I, I like what Sari showed um, last uh, last weekend, where he said, you know, like if he's not 100 percent fit, I'm not even putting him on the on the on the list in the squad. 
So mm -hmm. I don't see too much of a risk of him coming for 10 minutes, uh, which is usually, you know, what you want to avoid. Um, if you have a guy who's a, who's an injury question mark. Uh, so I'm keeping him. I'll see, uh, I have him and Arnatovic who are injured and I will see probably after this weekend, whether I need to do a double swap or not. So no transfers. And who are you going to captain? At the moment, I like Aguero mm. uh, as my captain and potentially Hazard as my vice captain or vice versa. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still concerned that, you know, maybe Hazard comes in for 20 minutes. So I, I probably wouldn't captain him. But um Southampton is not a team that's doing very well right now, even though they're not that weak in the back. I see City performing well versus uh, versus them. And all of the other bigger teams are in a bit of a tighter spot. Um, Liverpool versus Arsenal, so it's not that easy. I don't have any Tottenham players. so And, and Wolves are a tricky opposition. And Crystal, Crystal Palace is probably... It is also a bit tricky. Arsenal did not play very well against them. Um, their defense is, is not so bad. So even though I like Chelsea, I don't really want to captain Alonso, who's a defender, and Hazard is in the end, you know, because he's injured. Uh, I don't want to take the risk of him playing for minutes. Mm. Well, I think um, I'm also going to captain Aguero this weekend because his home record, as I mentioned, is very strong. Um, and I've just read a stat. Apparently, he's got more points per minute um, this season in fantasy than in any other player. Which which begs the question, sir, why are you disappointed? In him? Oh, I was just disappointed this weekend that he only got two points. He didn't score against Spurs and I had him captained. And it just made me, it was exactly what you said. I was annoyed at Aguero for not giving me the fancy points when if he hadn't been my captain, I wouldn't have been annoyed at him as a Man City fan because we won the game and Mara scored and you can't, you're not going to score every game. But it just, um, mm. it gave me, you know, bad feeling about him um, that I wouldn't have had if he hadn't been my fantasy captain. Is that? All right. So you're still reeling from yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anya, time for your fun fact. Yeah. So earlier on, Axel, we were talking about how White Hart Lane is taking an additional two, three months to complete, apparently, and is costing over a billion pounds. So my fun fact is related to uh, expensive soccer stadiums. So fun fact. Hang on a minute. Expensive soccer or football stadiums? I've, I had to search soccer because football kept coming up with Yankees. Oh, but you don't adopt that word, though. Taint, no, football. I'm not. Gosh. Okay. Most expensive football stadiums. Right. So can you guess what the most expensive football stadium is? Is it in the UK? No. Oh. Is it already built? Yeah. Was it uh, Camp New? No, but that's in the top four or five. The the new Atletico Stadium is gorgeous. The Wanda something. Uh, would that be it? No. I was okay, thinking Russia you... potentially, by the way, because of the World Cup. Not Russia. Maybe guess the country first. Is it in Europe? Yes. France? No. Spain? No. Oh. Switzerland? No. <laughs> okay. England? No. It's not Scotland? Yeah. Germany? Yeah. 
So I'm going to tell you what well, it is. Uh, the arena from uh, Bayern? No, it's the Signal Iduna Park at Dortmund. It costs oh. more than $2 billion to construct this stadium. And if you want a good seat for a top event at stadium, it'll actually cost you like several hundred dollars. So that's the most expensive one. And then I thought, I was like, oh, I wonder what the biggest football stadium is in the world. Right, can you guess that? Is that in Russia? No. Is that the Carabana in Brazil? No. Is, is Axel close? No. Oh, is it? I was shocked when I read it. And then, and then not shocked, no. Um, Wembley? Um, no. What about the, what's the name of the Barca one? Camp Nou. No. The new camp? No, it's not in Europe. It's not known. Oh, for it's in the US. It's the no, It's not known for its football at all. In fact, what this That's country why. is known for is its dictator, its communism. Oh, in North Korea. Yeah. Oh my God. So they have the biggest stadium and it can take 150,000 people. Yeah, but is that where they have all their military parades and stuff? As well. But it also hosts their national football matches who you know obviously don't play that wow. much. nobody wants to go there good job sarah good pub quiz knowledge yeah i thought we were gonna go zero for two so good job sarah <laughs> she gave a lot of clues before uh, <laughs> before we got there one or two <laughs> so thank you axel for coming on uh, and sharing all your tips about fantasy football good luck for this weekend although obviously i don't want you to do that well at all because i'm trying to uh, chase you up the league table. Uh, Sarah, I hope you managed to get some sleep over the day. Yeah, I'm going to wait to do my transfers to when I've had more than uh, eight hours sleep over <laughs> three days and I'm a bit more sane in mind. That's a good idea. And come on, you Spurs, this evening. Let's yeah. beat West Ham. Can you do some live tweeting, Anya? Yeah, sure. Although I can't, I'm on a plane. Oh, gosh, you're missing the game to be on a plane. You'll say jet set. Well, I might actually, I'm lying. I land just as it starts. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start tweeting as I, as I start refreshing BBC Sport. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks very much, Axel. And thanks, Anya. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay, take bye care. Bye. Thank bye. you. Bye.